<clears throat> In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of my favorite characters in the saga of history is a 20th century icon. Winston Churchill was one of the most gifted orators in the English language that has ever lived. He had a way of saying things, much like Ronald Reagan or Abraham Lincoln or John F. Kennedy, to name people who are equivalent to our prime minister. Churchill had a gift of words, and some of that came from his own disability of pronouncing several letters, most notably the letter S. And we all know some of his wit, some of his gravity, and some of his charm through his speeches and his books. During the Second World War, he came into his element with speeches that Thanks to shortwave radio and telegraphs and mass distribution through the Allied forces, these allowed Churchill to become inspirational to millions of people, both military and civilian. When we remember him, we recollect on phrases and sentences, perhaps even whole paragraphs that he spoke. <clears throat> We shall not flag or fail. We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and the oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the streets and in the fields. We shall fight in the hills. We will never surrender. And if, which I do not for a moment believe, this island or a large part of it were subjugated and starving, then our empire beyond the seas, armed and guarded by the British fleet, would carry on the struggle until, in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and liberation of the old. And I wish I could do that. It was said that Churchill, with that speech from which those words were extracted, it was said that he mobilized the English language and sent it into battle. What a beautiful phrase mobilizing the English language. I get goosebumps just thinking about those words. And unfortunately for you, you don't have a great orator or speech writer or even a great preacher each week. You have me, and try as I might, I will never be able to turn a phrase or rally a world to a cause or inspire millions to strive to the end and let the world in a thousand years say that this was their finest hour. Words are important. Now, for all the great speeches Churchill gave, one of them started an event that many of us lived through and many of us still may not understand fully 
and we may never understand it fully. On March 5, 1946, Churchill was a guest of then-President Harry Truman at Westminster College in Fulton, Missouri. He was awarded an honorary doctorate at this event, and he delivered a speech as part of that ceremony. He said this, From Stettin in the Baltic to Teresta in the Adriatic, and Iron Curtain has descended across the continent. The safety of the world, ladies and gentlemen, requires a new unity in Europe from which no nation should be permanently outcast. And with those words, Churchill began both the drive for the now present European Union and also, as many historians and biographers claim, the Cold War, simply by firing these words across the shot, across the bow of a Soviet state ship. One man, two different speeches, two different aims. One to rally a nation and, to, and the world to combat Nazism, and the other to combat the Soviet Union and provoke the Cold War. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. Words mean things. We can describe events. We can tell stories. We can make an oath or a vow and change a situation simply by uttering words. When a man and a woman stand here in front of the altar and say, I do, and repeat words that say that they take so-and-so to be their lawful wedded spouse, they change by uttering those words. When I or another priest stand at the altar and say the words of institution, notice that we call them the words. God's grace transforms ordinary bread and ordinary wine into extraordinary symbols, extraordinary elements, and they become the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. But I am guilty of something. I sometimes don't use my words for good. I use them to tear down a friend or maybe belittle a server in a restaurant or have cross words with my mother. We sometimes call it lashing out or attacking or being just plain mean. And I'm in good company, though, because we see the same thing from St. Peter. He forms an almost Jekyll and Hyde character. Right now, he's using his words to say, you are the Messiah. But in a few chapters, he will tell people sitting by a fire that he does not know the man, that he does not know Jesus, his Messiah. We have all been on both ends of it as well. There are times that I've been told something rather hurtful, 
And then there are the times where I am the one saying something rather hurtful. I tell someone I love them and care for them, only tomorrow to say something maybe a little harsh. Or we're told something by our employer or a friend or even a mentor, only to have them take it back. Or worse yet, to have what was discussed in private taken and discussed in public, and doing so just to be mean and spiteful. I know I do it, and I would dare to say that from time to time, you do it too. <clears throat> we as Christians profess a love for God. We sing hymns. We recite creeds. We read, hear, and listen to Scripture being read. And we listen to me, a struggling preacher, each week. And with the same tongue with the same mouth and with the same lips that we say we believe in one God, we tear down everyone around us. We lie. We commit fraud. We believe in one God, but maybe we only say it when it's convenient. We are like Peter. You are the Christ, but right now, I don't know you. A few weeks ago, we read about the washing of pots. And what defiles us comes not from what we eat, but from what comes out of our hearts. And that means our words also, written and spoken. It's the words we use on Facebook posts or email chains or even birthday cards, the conversation over lunch, the disagreement with your boss, the protesting of a government policy. There are ways to do all of that with Christian integrity. And then there's ways to do all of that with just sheer meanness. Which are you doing? Use your, will, work, use your words to build up, not to destroy. God created this whole universe by speaking it into existence. Let us do the same, using our words to create things, to transform things, rather than to destroy people or loved ones. Our tongues can be like fire. Let us use them to glorify God, to extol others. Let that be the wildfire that spreads, not a fire of hate and dissension. Speak to one another in love. Speak to each other in godly ways. Speak to those whom you love with kindness, not with anger. Speak to each other so that when people think about 
you. They remember the words that you chose to speak to them. And how those words were blessings upon their lives. Amen.